Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy From People series. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And one of the the guys that I had that was endorsing this book is a dear friend of mine. He is the author of Live to Forgive, as well as the author of The Uniform of Leadership, the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. And Jason was on the Intentional Encourager podcast back in episode six. Go back and watch that, a powerful episode. And today I wanted to have him back on to talk about empathy, something that he is quite knowledgeable about and it's one of the chapters in people buy from people but let me step aside and bring my my friend my brother jason romano into the conversation today here on the intentional encourager podcast jason thank you man for coming back on how you doing today brian what's up buddy how are you i'm good man i i if you're watching on youtube Jason has panned the camera so so right. delicate delicately and eloquently for us. He's got his Daryl Strawberry. I, I think that is the the All Star Game jersey with the patch. It looks like an All Star Game patch on that on the back of that. What, so that is the 1986 New York Mets jersey, and the patch is actually the 25th anniversary of the Mets 19, you know, 62 to 1986 that they wore only that year. Yeah. So that Jersey is the home Jersey with the racing stripes on it from, from 1986. And then Daryl actually has signed it. It's hard to see because I had him sign it with the wrong Sharpie Yeah. with a black Sharpie on dark blue colors on the numbers, but it's signed and it's there up in a frame behind me. I have no doubt that Daryl signed that. And, and, and Daryl wrote the forward to your book, live to forgive. And then you, you see the, the other things that Jason's a part of. And, and uh, he has gotten the opportunity to, to connect with so many people in the world of sports and outside of sports through the Sports Spectrum podcast. Let me go there for just a quick second. We'll get into to, to empathy because I wanted you to talk specifically about it. You, you, you know a great deal about it. I, I wanted to talk to you. What, what's been an aha moment for you in the last year? In interviewing guys in the sports world, you've gotten to interview some pastors, um, some some team chaplains, things like that. Can you think back of an aha moment where you had a conversation and you went, man, that was just insightful and that was so powerful? Yeah, it was probably in June when at, right after the George Floyd incident and everything that happened that really triggered an entire summer of conversation uh, with the race and, you know, the, the culture that's been happening in our society and even for me. Uh, but I had a, you know, a real yearning, and this may go into empathy a little bit too, but a real yearning to uh, want to search my own soul and any biases or prejudices that I might have had or, you know, not recognized even that were there. Um, but also kind of tread in the proper way, I guess, the conversation of race. And what does that look like within the confines of a show that I'm doing on yeah. sports and faith? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't like doing conversations just to do them or do them because you know, the mob or the world or the culture is saying you must do these. Yeah. I want to do them because uh, I feel like God is showing me and leading me to do those. And 
after the George Floyd incident and a lot of prayer and just some conversations with some different people, athletes and pastors and a few other people that I talked to, uh, I felt it was important. And I talked to my bosses about these things too, that we create a space to let Jesus be glorified, but through the lens of this conversation. And so I had a conversation with uh, Brian. Um, oh my gosh, his name is escaping me now. Brian Loritz. There he is. Pastor Brian, um, who's based out of, I think he's out of Virginia now, but he's been across the country. He's written a ton of books and he's one of the more uh, respected voices in my life. Guys, a guy that I've met multiple times and he preaches the gospel just so well. He's also a black man. And so I said, Brian, would you come on and kind of shed some light on, on our show about what you're feeling, what you're going through and how me as a white male Christian in my, you know, middle ages in the middle of mid forties can um, create a conversation, can respond, can feel, can help. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things I took away, Brian is in talking to pastor was just having a conversation like that helps. Yeah. It doesn't change everything, you know, and it doesn't fix what took place to George Floyd or anybody else, but it allows for real conversation to happen through a biblical lens. That's the key. And that was something that was sort of this aha moment for me was a lot of people were having these conversations about race and clearly it's, it's, it's a sin. It's awful. It's the worst sin. Uh, it might be America's original sin in many cases is uh, racism. But if it's not looked at through the lens of the gospel, then it's just another worldly discussion on something. Yeah, exactly. And that's it, where I think we've seen too many, too many conversations happen on not just racism, but on a lot of different topics, especially in 2020, was we were looking at it through the lens of a, a cancel culture world that isn't seeing things through the lens of Christ. And that's always, that was the aha moment. And that's something that I really wanted to kind of navigate and and uh, steward properly, I guess. Well, and it ties perfectly to empathy because again, um, and I'll share this with you in, in the audience. I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. The, the area that I grew up in in Southeast Ohio was settled originally by 37 slaves who swam across the Ohio River from then Virginia, which is now West Virginia, and came into Ohio. And once they came up into this house, that I had always, I had ridden bikes by when I was a kid. I mean, it was a huge house and you, you always knew something was there, but I didn't know until I was in, well into my forties, what actually happened there. Yeah. And then for me walking, walking through a cemetery that the original 37 were buried in, um, that settled the town of Burlington where I, where I grew up and then seeing a guy a black classmate of mine who was killed in a murder suicide with his wife. That really, I, I remember Jason taking my son, Bryce, I remember taking him there. And, and yes, I was moved by the, the, the other graves, but seeing my classmates grave there really impacted me because yeah. I, I saw him at my 10 year class reunion and we hugged and, 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 and to your point, I never really considered race from what other people went through. I just remember growing up, listening to rap music on the back of the school bus. Guys were actually rapping on the back of the school bus. Mm -hmm. 
and just we we all just we hung out together we played ball together we we did it we did things together white kids black kids there were a couple of hispanic kids there we never thought anything about it in the 80s and and again i think i had to dial into and i love the way you you brought that and led us there in this conversation i think we all had to take a, a look and say am i doing what i need to be doing because i i always felt like and i i have i have black friends and um, guys I go to church with that I dearly love. And I'm like, Hey, am, am I, am I help? Am I what I need to be yeah. for them? Am I, am I need, am I, am, am I doing what I need to do? And that, that is, I'm glad you brought us there. So thank you for taking us there because that's really where empathy goes is putting ourselves in the shoes of the other person. When you talk to pastor Brian, what was that moment? Can you can you remember a part of that conversation that was really impactful for you where you go, yeah, this is this is something I needed to hear from someone who is leading the charges and leading people in that way? Well, I think I think what I needed to hear from him was that um first of all, that the gospel is what can save people's lives, not anything else in this world. And the gospel is what will ultimately end racism in this world. Um, we're dealing with fallen people. We're dealing with flawed people. Uh, we're dealing with people who have uh, many have been have had many things passed down to them without even realizing it. Whether it's a thought process, whether it's a whether it's um, privilege in some ways, you know, whether it's uh, where they grew up like you kind of just mentioned, but we can do all the talking. We can instill all the policies. We can have all the conversations on television. We can have presidents and, and leaders and politicians of all different races, creeds and colors, genders, but it's none of that's going to save us. Yeah. And none of that's going to change anything, uh, truly change anything, yeah. you know, I keep hearing about change as progress and progress can be seen from a worldly perspective in some ways. And certainly we are much better off today, I would say, than we were 300 years ago, 200 years ago, even a hundred years ago. But the only thing that saves, and Jesus said this and, you know, and, and it says it in Acts too, is no other name can be, no other name except the name of Jesus can save us. Yeah. If yeah. salvation is found in no other name, I think yeah. that's Acts four. And yeah. so, I'm one of those people that I truly believe in that. It's not just a, you know, sort of a model that I buy into. It's a life changing. Um, it's a life changing thing that's happened to me that uh, I, I truly take the words to Jesus to heart that he is the only way and the only truth. And that's where I, I think the revelation comes, Brian. When I think about my conversation with pastor Brian Loritz was, and he said this, I didn't, I just asked the questions and I let the guests talk. He said, you know, we have to remember that it's the gospel that changes people's lives and that's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's not an, a revelation, uh, in the sense of, wow, I I've never heard that before. I, I, I knew that and I've heard that, but when you're talking about a really sensitive and, uh, I don't know, just a time when it was, everybody was on the edge, it felt like between the pandemic and then that, um, 
it was it was comforting words for me and i think it probably was for a lot of people to hear and be reminded that it's christ who saves not us that's exactly right let's step aside take a quick break and we come back i want to go a little deeper into that conversation because 2020 if 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 the year 2020 and into 2021 as we're recording this has taught us anything it's it's that we really need to tap into empathy and and jason is the perfect guy to talk with us about jason romano my guest on this special edition of the intentional encourager podcast the people buy from people series back in just a moment Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Jason, you you beautifully led us there, and, and I'm grateful for that that piece of conversation that you and I had there around empathy, because, you know, the thing about it is, and, and, and I ask people on, on the intentional encourager podcast, I asked them to take me into a little bit of the last year of their life, because the last year of people's lives have, have been a, as the old fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song, their lives have been flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> I mean, it, it has just been, yeah. it, it's been nuts. When you, how is, and, and I want to ask you this question this way around empathy. How do we learn to forgive 2020? Because you wrote a powerful book called Live to Forgive about your experiences with your, your alcoholic father. And we touched on that on the Intentional Encourager podcast. But I want to ask this question this way. How do we learn to forgive? How do we live to forgive 2020 and all the things that negatively impacted our lives? Well, if you're speaking from the perspective of a Christian, uh, we don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jesus puts it pretty clearly. Uh, we are to forgive every single time we've been wronged. Um, 2020 is a weird year because I don't know if we've all been wronged. You know what I mean? We've just been kind of dealt this hand that we've never been dealt with before. And I'm talking from the perspective of a pandemic. You know, when you get into race relations and politics and things like that, you know, there's a forgiveness aspect there that I think a lot of people may have said some things if they regret, uh, posted some things if they regret. Um, I think forgiveness from a, from that kind of a perspective is uh, a reminder for me that it's never about what anybody else has said or done. It's about my heart and my relationship with the Lord. And so forgiveness is not about the other person or somebody who said something or maybe somebody that didn't offer um, repentance for what they did or said. Um, so forgiveness is about me. So I think from that perspective, 
especially doing the, the research and, and living the life that I've had to live of forgiveness recently. Uh, it's not that hard. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. Um, 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people. This is going to sound really, really horrible in some cases because of all the, the pain. But I thought 2020 was a, was a really great year for me um, and for my family Yeah. Uh, for a few reasons. Obviously, the one that everybody talks about is they got to spend a lot more time with their family because of the quarantine. And that, that was a good thing. I, I really saw growth in the relationship with my wife and my daughter and us three as a family in 2020, unlike any year I've ever seen, um, especially as my daughter turned 16 last June, getting ready to turn 17. <clears throat> and those 13 and 14 and 15 years were so awkward and strange and in many cases difficult but I saw a change in her when she turned 16. And I think part of it was because there was a pandemic and she was spending time with mom and dad that maybe a normal 16 year old wouldn't have wanted to and wanted to just yeah. get out and go out with her friends and hang out. You know, so that, from a perspective of that, that was good. Uh, my wife and I both, both work from home and we both have worked from home prior to the pandemic. So our lives weren't flipped upside down from that perspective, yeah. because we just kind of continued what we were doing. Now we had to pivot a little bit because of the work that we, we did and, and um, you know, what kind of conversations we were going to have, especially for me and my job um, you know, what was something new and different that we could utilize because we were in a pandemic and talking to some different people. But again, I know this sounds selfish, but my life, the only thing that I really missed was my, was spending a lot of time with my family or seeing my family um, and even in the fall, we got to do that. You know, I saw them in September. I saw them in June. I saw them at Christmas. We did not see them at Thanksgiving, which was hard. But for the most part, it, you know, we didn't suffer any pain or death personally. Obviously, it's, you suffer pain and death when you see other people go through what they're going through. And then um, nobody in our family, you know, at least to this point, that probably will change, uh, got COVID. None of us yeah. were you know, we're sick. Um, you know, my mom and my stepfather and my dad are all vaccinated now. You know, I'm halfway there to being vaccinated. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we talked about that. So <clears throat> I think, but when I look at 2020, I just, I look at a place where I can say I'm grateful for that year. Um, and a lot of people may someday look back on that year and say they're grateful. Others may say, you know, you know, they're not, you know, I personally, you know, when there's no sports and there's no things that we can do normally, you miss that. And so that's where we can throw 2020 out into the trash. Yep. But there were so many good things that really took place within a really, really bad year that I don't see it like a lot of people do. And I, I get it. Listen, if, if you lost relatives or family members because of this horrible virus, man, I, I do empathize with you. I do. Yeah. Um, but from a personal perspective, it was a pretty it was a pretty good year. Well, and and here's the thing too, Jason. People, th this is where, 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 I, and I've said to people, and, and again, I wasn't affected. I had a mild case of COVID probably back in June or July. I, I was tired. You know, I, I didn't. My my appetite was affected, but not anything. You know, like like a life and death situation, or yeah. a um you know, from a health standpoint. Now I went to church with, I go to church with people that had COVID. Sure. Um, again, it was, it was a, it was a bad situation. I, I say learning to forgive 2020 because there were some people that were so negatively impacted. 
that had to that had to understand you know we we felt for those people that that had it and all this and i think it was a big balancing act with empathy because you felt for people that had covid that were dealing with it that lost loved ones things like that but my heart also went out to people that that lost jobs because the, of the lockdowns and businesses that were closed and people that were struggling financially and to your point god blessed my family and i and i give him all the praise for it because again we weren't we had a great year you know for for us as a family but i know that there were people that that didn't that's why i wanted to ask you about forgiving yeah 2020 because I know forgiveness, that's a ministry that you really specialize in, and empathy and forgiveness go hand in hand. But mm-hmm. you touched on something there a minute ago that I want to hit on real quick, is is social media. And, and, and that's something you teach on. That's something that you, you, you have expertise in. Uh, you did a lot of social media stuff in your time at ESPN, and we, we talked about that on the podcast as well, too is posting something and and things like that. How can we be more empathetic around our social media platform and our presence? Because social media, and forgive me for a long-winded question, but social media tends to be a platform at times of, hey, look what I've done. Look where I've gone. Look what's happened to me. Look at at this. Here's what I had for dinner. How can we be more empathetic on our social media platforms? Well... It starts with remembering that there's actually a person behind the person who hits post or tweet or, you know, whatever on Instagram that it is. I think it's remembering there's a person behind there. And, uh, you know, the, the best example I can give, I'll tell you a, a little kind of revelation that happened to me with my dad that I think will relate to social media. So my dad, for many years, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but he struggled with alcohol, as you mentioned, Brian. Just by live to forgive, and you can read all about it. That's true. By live to forgive. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. But in the book, and I document this too, is he was a very angry drunk. So picture a man, if he ever had social media, my goodness, he would have said some things in his 30s and 40s that he might have gotten him a lot more trouble than he ended up getting in. But he said some really nasty things about other people, but also about me and my family and things that, because I took a stand and didn't tolerate his behavior, you know, he would lash out. When he almost uh, ended his life seven, eight years ago now, um, the revelation of forgiveness started with empathy. And I saw this man finally, after having been a Christian for 12 years or whatever at that time, I saw this man the way Jesus saw him, right? I saw him as the way Jesus saw me. See, when I looked at my dad, I looked at my dad and I looked at me and I said, you know what? For many years, I had this comparison that I was such a better person than he was. And then I thought when my dad ended his life and I saw God look at my dad and look at me, I saw he saw the same person. God saw the same person. He sees my dad, he sees me, and he sees the same person, a child, someone that he loves dearly, someone that he died for, sent his son to die for. So that's when empathy kicked in and allowed me to forgive. I think that's an extreme level of, you know, comparing it to social media, but I think that's where you start in social media. Yeah. So if somebody says something really horrific or terrible, there's nothing wrong with 
going back at them and saying, that's not real cool, man. Maybe you shouldn't have said that. But doing it in a way where it's caring and loving, which is hard to do in the social media world, versus lashing back out at them. Unfortunately, in the way that I responded to my dad for many years was I would lash right back out at him when he would lash out at me. And so I was basically just doing the same thing he was doing, mm -hmm. which was not cool. Um, maybe I justified it because I was the son who was sober and he was the dad who was drunk, but that didn't justify my behavior. Unfortunately, in social media, I think when somebody lashes out and then we lash back out at them, we justify it because they lashed back out at us. Yeah. That's, that's not cool. And that's wrong, in my opinion, if we're ever going to have empathy I think we can stand up for ourselves without crushing the other person. I think we can forgive people for what they post and not cancel them. Um, it doesn't mean you have to follow them anymore. It doesn't mean you have to even see their timeline anymore. It doesn't mean you have to respond to every tweet that comes at you or that you're offended by either. Yeah. You know, we can easily not do that. And I choose not to do that quite often, but, Forgiving someone that posts something that you don't agree with. Well, here's a couple other things too. You probably don't know that person real well. Uh, in some cases, you might not know the person at all. Yeah. Now, does that excuse a person who doesn't know somebody else for posting something really nasty about them? No, that's not cool either. But if somebody says something nasty about me, which I, I I'm thankful I don't get a lot of the a lot of that on Twitter. I try not to open myself up to a to have that either. Yeah, um, just because it's not the place to do that. But if somebody said something nasty to me and they didn't know me, my response, and that happens occasionally when I post some stuff about my faith, you know, somebody who doesn't know me might post back, you know, you're a loony for believing in this fake God or whatever. Um, they're allowed to say that. Yeah, that's fine. I might just say, hey, man, you don't really know me. Uh but happy to have a conversation sometime if you'd like to, you know, something like that. Usually people will be like, Oh my gosh, he's actually a normal human person. He's not yeah. trying to fight here on social media. So that's kind of, I think where the best place to start, Brian is just, if you go on social media, start with empathy as you go on there. And I think your mindset will change. It doesn't mean you won't be upset, but it, just your mindset might change and you know, you won't be so quick to pull the trigger on every little thing that bothers you or offends you. And that includes the sports world, the faith world, politics, religion, race, all these things you don't have to have a trigger finger and post every little thought that you have in your mind on social media. No, that's a use great network. Use it to, to build relationships and connect, but don't use it to tear people down. No, that's a great point. Let's step aside, take a quick break. I, I'm going to share something with Jason on that point. And when we come back, we're going we're gonna to bring this conversation full circle around empathy. I, I'm thrilled to have my dear friend Jason Romano joining me on a special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy From People series, back in a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, 
deeper and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jay, I had a conversation with with a guy that's now a friend of mine, of course. Um, and and you know, you and I have talked about it. I'm an avid, I'm a I'm a Marshall University graduate. Big yeah. brother to the north is West Virginia University. And there's a little bit of bad blood between the two schools. <laughs> but and I know you're not a, a college guy, but uh, but you know, uh what the lesson I learned one time, and this guy has become a good friend of mine. I was tweeting something about WVU and he said, man, he said, if you don't like what I'm saying, just unfollow me. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And, and in that moment, I had to stop and I said, man, I'm sorry. So one, I had to apologize to that guy because, you know, I, I, I let my emotions get in the way. But here's the second thing I had to do. I had to repent because as a Christian, yeah. I, I, I did not represent the Lord very well. And and you may be listening to this podcast and going, I'm not a Christian. It's okay. Jason and I are Christians. And, and we, we feel that, that, that with us, I, I'm going to go here for just a minute from the spiritual side, because again, you, our faith is very important. How does it bring you? This is what I, I, I feel, Jason, and I want to lead you this in this direction. I'm thankful that the Lord has empathy on me. Yeah. I'm thankful that the Lord looked down and you mentioned your dad in, in, in saying, well, you know, I, I'm sober. He's not. And, and there have been times that I've looked at my own dad before he passed away and went, yeah, dad, I get two college degrees and you just finished high school, man. I, you know, look at me and, 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 and not realizing that, that my dad was a lot smarter than I was with, with having two degrees. I mean, my dad was still wiser than I. When you think about God's empathy, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about the empathy of the Lord being a, being a Christian in, around your faith? Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that I don't deserve it. Uh, that's where grace comes in, thankfully. Um, but I don't deserve it. You know, if, if I, <clears throat> if you could peel back the layers of everything I've ever thought, said and done, my goodness, what an absolute disaster that would be. Oh man. And I know I'm not alone in that, but for anybody that's listening, um, and that continues today, you know, and, and I'm thankful that at this point in my life, it's a different perspective, certainly than it was when I was you know, we'll say BC before Christ, you know, my, my teens and twenties, but my goodness, I think about the absolute disaster of a person that I am apart from God, 
And when I think about that, I think forgiveness, I think grace, I think empathy. Um, and I am thankful, you know, and we talk about, you know, I think it's in first Thessalonians. It talks about in all things, be thankful, uh, be thankful in all circumstances. And I don't mean that. I don't think that means just be thankful when you're walking out and, uh, you know, you turn your ankle and suddenly you got, you know, a bum ankle and oh, thank you God for this bum ankle. No, I think what it means is be thankful to who God is in all circumstances, that he doesn't leave us, that he's near to us. We draw near to him. He draws near to us, it says in the word. And so I, there's so many things, Brian, I can go on and on about what I think about, but I think it starts with grace and how unworthy and how wretched, which is a word used in that song, right? Amazing grace uh, saved a wretch like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about how wretched I am as a human being, um, because of my sin, but how amazing God is that he would save me, redeem me and call me his child and, and impute to me his righteousness and know that I don't have to be lost anymore. You know, I'm found. So, well, and when I wrote that chapter in people buy from people, I was, I was looking at it from the perspective of people by empathy because that's how we connect. That's how, that's how God wired us. God wants us to look at our fellow man and their situation and go, let me reach my hand to help. It's, it's the, it's the good Samaritan story in, in the word where the Samaritan passes by the wounded man on the side of the road and gives aid and comfort and and puts him up in in a place to sleep. And, you know, Jason, you've been in ministry as well, too. You know those times where people just pull you aside and go, you got a few minutes that we can talk. And, and they just begin to pour their heart out to you because they don't know where to go or what to do. And in and, and 2020 and into 2021 caused, I know for me, several of those moments where people called me or pulled me aside. I, I got a text from a friend of mine the other day. He said, man, would you pray for my dad? He's dealing with COVID. And, and I just begin to pray right there for him in this situation. And I think about how God found me and the empathy that God had on me and continues because I know I frustrate the Lord. I know that I, I, I do things that frustrate him, but, but God still says, Hey, um, I still care about you and I still love you and, and, and want to be want you to be what you want to be. But Jason, why do you think it is at times that we fail as humans to have empathy for one another? Because that's how God made us. Yeah. Why, why do sometimes we struggle being empathetic with other people because you well, mentioned it with your dad and, yeah. and, and I love that story. It's uncomfortable. I think empathy is uncomfortable and anything that's uncomfortable is hard, hard for us to step into hard for us to understand hard for us to go forward in. It's uncomfortable. I think that's why most people do struggle. I also think they struggle because, um, you know, that verse in the Bible, I think it's Jesus. I think it's in the Beatitudes where he talks about um, taking out the plank in your own eye before you take out the yeah, it's in the little sliver in the other eye and your in your friend's eye or your enemy's eye. It's it's in Matthew. That's right. I think it's Matthew six or Matthew seven, and it it makes me think about what empathy is. Right, like really, it starts with ourself. 
And if we look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves, it allows us to be empathetic towards other people. I always used to say that empathy is seeing things from the other person's point of view, which I believe it is. Um, but it's also kind of a heart check on ourselves too. Because when we, when we truly look at ourselves and the flaws that we have, if we see them, then we're going to know that other people might be going through things too. And it allows us to empathize with them if we start with ourselves. So let's start with the big giant plank in our own eye before we start talking about all the little, you know, things that are in other people's lives. And I think if we do that, that I think that gives you more empathy. You know, you always hear people who criticize or say something, you know, I'll give you an example. Somebody I know had a problem with, didn't think COVID was as bad as it was in the sense of, you know, is it really that many people that died of COVID? And we could have arguments and, and disagreements on that discussion all day. But then he got it. He got COVID. And it hit him pretty hard. 40-year-old yeah. dude. Um, I mean, not to the point where he was in a hospital or he was near death. But he was laid up for a good week with some nasty flu symptoms. And so he came out of that. And guess what? He started to have empathy towards others who had COVID. Before that, maybe not. So a lot of what happens, like when we check ourselves is, and especially when it comes to empathizing with other people, it's going through it yourself too. And uh, there's a lot of levels of empathy, I think, Brian, that we could go towards, but I think it's sure. a few things. I think the biggest thing though, is to start with yourself and remember that it's uncomfortable. You know, anytime that we uh, begin to look at the healing process, look at reconciliation, look at forgiveness, look at empathy, it can get a little uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially those who are so passionate about their views and their beliefs and believe that what they think is true. And that's, that's hard when other people think, no, they, they believe what they think is true. And so truth is where, you know, wherever you think it might be versus what it actually is, but you can still have empathy for that person. I found that a lot, including for myself with some friends who um, believe a little differently than I did. And it didn't change how I believe, but it allowed me to see things differently because somebody else believes differently. Yeah. And by the way, I think that's what Jesus wanted when he was eating with tax collectors and sinners and inviting everyone and said that, you know, he did not come for those who were, who were um, healthy, but for the sick. Uh, that starts with an empathetic heart of for Jesus to invite tax collectors and sinners to a dinner with him has to come from an empathetic heart. Well, it was intentional. Yeah. Jason, right. it was intentional because Jesus right. wanted to show those people in that day that, Hey, you know what? These people are just as important as you are. Correct. Every, everyone's important in, and, and you, as you were talking real quick, as you were talking, we were, we're recording this as the NCAA basketball tournament's going on. You and I were talking before we started recording. Yep. There have been buzzer beaters and things like that. And and the the euphoria of the excitement and in, in, in the the and you've been in television a long time. The the crowd, the crowd shots, it pans the crowd and you see the winning, you know, the team that hits the buzzer beater, their fans are going nuts. I mean, it's it's incredible. Of course. Then you look at the fans who just got, and, and there was, I'll share this real quick. Here in our area uh, over the weekend, um, there were two high school basketball teams not real far from here. 
and the 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 in, the play was inbounded and made sports center the play was inbounded the kid from the home team intercepted the ball and threw up about a 55 or 60 footer at the buzzer so the horn goes off and the ball goes through the net and it's the wow. game winner and yeah. you see all the fans from the home team just losing it and the visiting team is just standing here going what just happened man what just happened and in that point, that's where empathy really has to kick in. And, and again, I wanted to share that because, again, sports is your life. It's been your life for the last 20 years, your profession. So leave us real quick, and, I, and, and, uh, and we're going to cut this conversation a little bit short and respect Jason's time. But take me through a piece of intentional encouragement around empathy and, and leave the folks with, with something around that today. Well, I love the word intentional. Um I think that's an important part of empathy is being intentional with how you move forward. Um, how you convert, you know, when you're having conversations with people and discussions, when you're on social media, even in your own quiet time, be intentional about living a life of empathy. Um, empathy breeds more empathy, you know, which breeds more empathy, which breeds more empathy. And I think that's, that is a huge thing for me. Um, it's why I, the one thing I struggle with, Brian, is I'm not a big confrontational guy as far as yeah. arguments over certain things. Um, there, are, there are times when I may step out of line. Like just the other day, I was at the, the dealer for you know, a car dealership and was waiting on something. And I, was sit there, I sat there for an hour and nobody waited on me or came over to me to update me on what was taking place. And finally, somebody walks over and I'm like, I was like, are we going to do this? Like, this has been an hour. And I, my response was very out of, out of turn. Um, but I was frustrated. And so I'm like, what are we doing here? And, 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 and what I didn't have was empathy in that second, because I realized, okay, that guy didn't forget about me. And there's about 12 other people in this dealership who are waiting on the same thing I'm waiting on. Right. So what am I doing? Like, to make a stink, yeah, you know, it's easy when you're in a customer service place where you can make a stink and the customer goes, well, you're, you know, the or the uh, the employer always says the customer is right. So I felt like I had the entitlement to say something, but I could have done it in a much, much better tone. But I lost empathy for a second. But I think if you go into every situation, intentionally having empathy, remembering that if you're in the grocery store and there's a really big line, it's because there's a lot of people at the grocery store and maybe they don't have as much help or maybe the person at the cashier, the cash register is going through something or isn't as fast as the one next to them. So there's no reason to, to get outrageously angry and lash out when we can just pause for a second and remember that that person might be going through something. If you're driving today in the car, maybe you're driving right now as you listen to this and somebody cuts you off, is your first inclination to scream back at them or flip them the bird or something? Or is it to maybe say, maybe that person is in a hurry because they need to get to their sick mom. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, is that always the answer? No, but I think, you know, is the person who's cutting you off always going to be there with their sick mom? No, that's what I'm talking about. But I think if we live a life where we think about the other person, um, you know, whatever in the situation is being intentional in that respect, it's going to make you feel a heck of a lot better too. My goodness, that you're, you're not, you're not angry and bitter all the time, that you're living a life of, of compassion and love and empathy towards what people are going through. 
Uh, that's my encouragement to people listening right now is just be intentional. Love that word intentional and look at others as how you would want. It. It's the golden rule too, by the way. Yeah. Treat others as you would want to be treated. It's really the empathy starts with the idea of not just treating others, but looking at and thinking about others as you want to be looked at and thought about yourself. Man, that is so good. What a great way to end this conversation. Jason, remind folks how they can get connected with you. Um, again, I want to remind folks not only about People Buy From People, but Jason's books, The Uniform of Leadership and Live to Forgive. And, and through all the stuff he was doing last year, he took time to endorse this book, People Buy From People. So, Jason, please tell folks where they can find your resources and connect with you. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. It's um, really simple. My website is jasonromano.com. Uh, if you have an app on your phone or called Amazon, you can just go in the search button and find uh, find my books there as well. Put, put my name in there or put live to forgive or uniform leadership, whatever the keywords are, you'll find them and you can purchase them that way. But you know, like we've been talking about, Brian, I'm on social media. I'm pretty active. Um, I try to be as encouraging as I can on there. Um, I mix in sports and faith and life and parenting and I'd uh, love to connect on, on social media with Twitter, probably Twitter and Instagram are probably the places I go to most. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I, I found Facebook to be a lot more toxic in my, for my soul. So I try to stay off it as much as I can. I go there, yeah. but I'm more of on a Twitter and Instagram guy, but certainly love to hear from people. You were very empathetic with me when your Cowboys destroyed my Bengals last year in, in Cincinnati. So, you know, Listen, it was there wasn't a lot of destroying <laughs> any game from my Cowboys. So uh, the fact that you point out that game doesn't say a whole lot for my team that went six and ten. I know your team your team Four, probably has a, one. Yeah. yeah, but you've not you've made a lot of moves and you got a stud quarterback. He gets back healthy. I think you guys will be in a good good place. Well, yeah. And, and again, the the NFL draft and, and his brother, Chris, who who is who is going to be on an upcoming episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jason's a Cowboys fan. Chris is an Eagles fan. And and there's there has to be empathy because they play twice a year. And uh, you, you guys have to have a ton of empathy. I, I'll just say this. I have a lot more empathy towards him and his team <laughs> than he does to me and my team. Let's just be honest. I'll put it out. If you want to start with that, the next time we talk, Brian, with Chris, yeah, we go are going right to have ahead. the Romano. And by the way, just to tease an upcoming episode of the Intentional Encourage podcast, <laughs> we are going to have the Romano brothers for a sit down. It, I, I'm going to be the moderator. Yeah, and, and I say that very loosely, but but it's going to be great. But this is great today. Thanks, Jason buddy. Romano, thank you so much, my friend, for joining me on a special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. You're welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me as always. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.